Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, June 10th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film Weekend editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And writer Chris Evangelista. Hello. All right, guys, let's jump right into the news. Chris, there's a new Lord of the Rings movie coming out. What the hell? What is going on? Tell me about this. I know. We were all cut off guards by this, but it's called The Lord of the Rings... The War of the Rohirrim, and uh, this is going to be set in the same you know continuity as the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies, but it's going to be an anime film. So that's that's like the one caveat. You're not getting a new live action Lord of the Rings movie, but you are getting a new Lord of the Rings movie. And this is basically uh, it's like the Helm's Deep origin story, and it's described as quote a companion piece to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So the Helm's Deep origin story, does that mean uh, the actual building of the structure or does that mean the, yes, the it's gonna battle be, of... It's going to okay. be two hours of like an architect with some blueprints, <laughs> a Middle Earth architect. And he's like, all right, put the, put the well over there. And then, no, it says, uh, quote, the story explores and expands the untold story behind the fortress of Helm's Deep delving into the life and blood-soaked times of one of Middle-earth's legendary figures, the mighty king of Rohan, Helm Hammerhand, which is my new favorite name. Which, what a oh, name. I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Chris, I know you sort of have an aversion to anime, um, does, but you like the Lord of the Rings, so <laughs> you must be torn here. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the trilogy so much. I should clarify the movie trilogy. I've actually never read the books, but I love the movies. And uh, even though I'm not, I don't say, I won't say I hate anime. I'm just sort of like, I'm an anime agnostic. I've yet to be converted to the religion of anime, but I'm, <laughs> I'm such a fan of the films that I'm, I'm definitely going to check this out. I mean, if I sat through all three Hobbit movies, I can sit through this. Yeah, I think that's probably a good mindset to have. Yeah. Uh, Brad, what do you think about this? Personally, I'm way more interested in the construction of Helm's Deep. I want to see a bunch of dwarves wearing construction hats saying, put the beam over there, and that's it. That's all I want is just drama among construction dwarves. Um, no, I'm in the same boat as Chris. I, I don't have an affinity towards anime. It's not really my 
Uh, my jam, I'm not a fan of the the animation style, but I love the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, and I, I've read the books, and I think, you know, digging into some of the uh, the mythological areas that we haven't seen explored before in, you know, this kind of format could be interesting. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hesitant because of the, the animation style. So we'll see how it looks. Nowadays, anime is getting thrown around a lot when it's not really, like, uh, the same style that anime is known to be. So maybe this will be that case and I won't be as annoyed by the animation. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you think about the timing of this announcement? Because like you said, this sort of came out of nowhere. We had no idea that this was in the works. And obviously Amazon is just pumping, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars into their own Lord of the Rings uh, TV show. Does this sort of feel to you like New Line and Warner Brothers are like, hey, we can still do Lord of the Rings stuff too. Like, look over here. You know, we're going to try to like eat Amazon's lunch before. <laughs> like, what's what do you think about that? I'm sure that's definitely a possibility. And it's also just that Hollywood loves a franchise. And why why create a brand new franchise when they already have this one? It's like uh, we could, you know, go out and find something new or we could just take something we already have and add something to it. And I, I really think that's the case because... The bottom line is money. The Lord of the Rings movies make money. This will make money. That's really what's going on here. Yeah, I wonder what the release plan is for this because we know that um, I, I don't think this is going to come out in 2021 because this is a, a Warner Brothers and a New Line thing, and I think they've had their their schedule locked for a while. They've got deals in place for you know the HBO Max in theaters uh, simultaneous release thing, and we haven't heard a you know a single word about this so i'm guessing this is going to be next year and i think the amazon lord of the rings show is supposed to come out at some point this year although i still don't think we have a an official release date for that yet so yeah, there's there's no date but everyone says 2021 i'm guessing if it comes this year it'll be like christmas time yeah i wonder if there is a chance though for because you know there wasn't any announcement uh of of this beforehand if this this is just going to be like a surprise release like hey you know because so many of the lord of the rings uh trilogy movies came out around Christmas. They're going to try to like sneak this into theaters in December or something. If like most of the work on this is already done. I don't know. Um, we should just mention real quick that uh, Kenji Kamayama, um, who directed Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, and Blade Runner Black Lotus is going to be directing this. And uh, Jeffrey Addis and Will Matthews, who worked on The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, are writing the script. And Philippa Boyens, who is one of the writers of the the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the live action trilogy is going to be a consultant on this. So Peter Jackson is not involved in case anybody was wondering about that. Um, all right, let's go to our next story, which is uh, involving uh, a series version of uh, one of our favorite comedies. Brad, tell us about the newest cast additions to the MacGruber show. MacGruber! <laughs> uh, this is awesome. The cast of MacGruber has gained three absolute legends and it's going to be incredible. Uh, Sam Elliott, Lawrence Fishburne and Mickey Rourke are all going to be in the MacGruber TV series that has been ordered at Peacock, the NBC Universal streaming service that uh, everyone's so fond of. Um, in case you don't know, Will Forte plays MacGruber. It's a parody of MacGyver. It's based on a Saturday Night Live sketch. And uh, in the series, uh, we're going to have Sam Elliott playing MacGruber's father. Lawrence Fishburne as the uh, the military officer um, in this one, General Barrett uh, Fasus. I guess that's probably how it's going to be pronounced. Um, and then we're also uh, going to have Mickey Rourke playing Brigad uh, Brigadier Commander Enos Queeth, a mysterious villain from MacGruber's past, uh, taking a cue from the villain from the 
the first movie by using a vulgar word and giving it a slightly different pronunciation so that <laughs> they can actually say it on TV. <laughs> Uh, so what do you make of this, Brad? I, I assume you're very excited about this MacGruber show. I mean, I've been excited about this MacGruber show since the beginning. Uh, I, I love MacGruber and I, I hope this is going to be worth waiting for. It's been so long since MacGruber came out over a decade now. And I just, I can't wait to see, uh, what they've cooked up this time. <laughs> I was just like scrolling through the, the article that you wrote. And at the bottom, there's a synopsis and the first sentence of the synopsis <laughs> it just made me laugh out loud because it reads in MacGruber after rotting in prison for over a decade america's ultimate hero and uber patriot mcgruber is finally released like why is mcgruber in prison i don't remember uh I, maybe from for the murder that happened at the very end of the movie version i don't know um but, i just uh, and i just want to say too that it's actually ht who wrote the story not me just so oh, okay yeah yeah Right on. Uh, all right. So let's move to our, our oh, Chris, I, I assume you're uh, at least interested in this MacGruber show as well. Oh, yeah. I love the movie. I, I'm And this casting is great. I, I'm very excited for it. Yeah. All right. So uh, our next story involves our old pal, Zack Snyder. He's back at it again. I, refer, I regret to inform you that Zack Snyder is back at it again. He is working on a new Netflix show. This is an anime series called Twilight of the Gods. Um, we actually learned about this last year that he was going to be teaming up with uh, a director named Jay Oliva, who is going to um, be working and, and directing this. And, and I think Olivia Oliva is actually show running this and sort of executive producing, essentially running the whole thing. Uh, an anime show that is based uh, sort of inspired by Norse mythology. So uh, the cast for this has been announced and it has a bunch of recognizable people. I'm not going to read all of them. Uh, Corey Stoll, who you might remember as the villain from Ant-Man, is in here. Christopher Hibju, who played, uh, uh, God, why can I not think of his name? Tormund Giant Spain from uh, Game of Thrones uh, is in here. John Noble, who's on Fringe. Uh, is going to be in the mix here as well. Uh, Peter Stormar from from Fargo and a bunch of million other things. Um, so yeah, there's a pretty stacked cast here. Uh, I you know we, we're just talking about anime, so like I'm right there with you guys in terms of like I've seen a few that I've enjoyed, but typically that kind of uh, animation aesthetic is not really my favorite. Um, you know, combine that with the Zack Snyder of it all, which I think he's just. Uh, executive producing this um and and it sounds like uh jay oliva is going to be you know mostly most of the creative force here but um yeah i don't know i'm not like super thrilled about this uh but you know i guess the the one uh, upside that i can see is that snyder's work has always leaned toward the mythological and this is an example of him leaning into that uh very explicitly so it, it's not just him sort of putting um, that uh, other recognizable characters like the, the DC superheroes, for example, into a mythological box or sort of try to, trying to map those sort of archetypes over uh, previously existing characters. He's actually messing with, you know, uh, characters from Norse mythology here. So like people like Loki and Odin and Thor are actually going to show up in this, which might be a little strange for, um, for <laughs> Marvel Studios fans to be like, what? Zack Snyder is making his own Thor thing? Um, but yeah, the show is called Twilight of the Gods, and uh, I don't think it has a release date yet, but um, I assume with the the casting just being announced now, it'll either come out like late this year or sometime next year. So uh, if you want to dive into the cast and, and see, you know, which other Game of Thrones person uh, has been cast here, I will just tease that and you can go click on the, the link in the show notes to find out. 
Uh, all right, let's move to a, a another Dracula project. Chris, Dracula seems to be a real hot property in Hollywood these days. There is another Dracula project in the works. Tell me about this one. Yes, Dracula is so hot right now. Um, uh, this is called Abraham's Boys, and it's based on a short story by Joe Hill. And Joe Hill, if you don't know, is the son of Stephen King, and he's become uh, a pretty famous horror writer uh, of his own. And um, in the short, the short story is set after Dracula and it, it follows the children of Abraham Van Helsing. And Abraham Van Helsing is, of course, the, the, the famous vampire hunter from Dracula and the star of the major motion picture Van Helsing starring Hugh Jackman. Um, and uh, yeah, this is being turned to a movie. Uh, Natasha Kermani, who directed a film called Lucky, which I haven't seen, but I've heard pretty good things about. It was an indie horror film. It came out uh, last year. I think it's on Shutter right now. Um, she She's writing and directing this adaptation. And um, the story basically, uh, the short story at least, they might change it for the film, but the, in the short story, it follows uh, Van Helsing's kids who are living in America now with Van Helsing. And he's a very strict even abusive father because he's just like, you know, there are vampires out there and you need to follow my rules or their vampires will get you. But one of the sons, the older one starts to doubt his father's stories. And he's like, maybe, you know, maybe there are no vampires and maybe our father is just insane. And if that storyline sounds somewhat familiar to you, that's because it is also the plot of the very good, very underseen movie Frailty, which Bill Paxton directed and starred in, where he played um, a single father with two kids. And one day he says, like, ah, God chose me to start killing demons and you have to help me do it. And uh, one of the sons starts thinking, like, well, I don't think there are demons. I think my dad is insane. And uh, Joe Hill even said that when he wrote this story, he was influenced by Frailty. So mm. at least he's he's honest that he shamelessly ripped this off <laughs> so since you like frailty chris I, and and you are a uh, a dracula fan i think you've liked some of joe hill's stuff before are you, is it safe to say that you're excited about this project yeah as well? yeah i am i like joe hill i think joe hill is a better short story writer than he is a novelist i every not every but most of the short stories i've read by him i really like and then every time i sit down and read one of his novels i'm just like this isn't very good but this is based on a short story and i like the short story so yeah i'm 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 always up for more Dracula. Let there be more Dracula stuff, I say. We've got a million superhero things. We can have a million Dracula things. Personally, I'm hoping this ties directly into Dracula Sovereign of the Damned, which is that uh, animated Dracula movie that you told me about. That's yes. completely insane. Dracula think, is the uh, enemy of Satan and he has a burger. <laughs> yes, because if I if memory serves, uh, because I did watch that on your request, which is like one of the craziest things. Um, but if memory serves, that movie involves van helsing and some of his offspring as well so maybe maybe uh there will one of the characters in this will at least be eating a giant burger or something as a, a nice little shout out so uh all right so let's move to our, our final news story today which involves uh, a sequel to a comedy that i don't think any of us thought was actually going to be happening but it appears that it actually is somehow so um Brett, tell me about that. Indeed. Following in the footsteps of Dumb and Dumber, uh, Peter and Bobby Farrelly are apparently working on a sequel to Kingpin, which is 25 years old this year, making me feel like a, a grandfather. Um, for those of you that maybe don't know, Kingpin came out in 1996. It's uh, an underdog sports movie with a comedy style in the same vein as Dumb and Dumber. It follows Woody Harrelson as this uh, down, down on his luck 
uh, pr- former professional bowler who participated in this hustle gone wrong with Bill Murray, another fellow bowler. Uh, and when the hustle was found out, uh, the opposing bowlers took Woody Harrelson's bowling hand and put it into a return ball machine, uh, thus giving him a hook for a hand. And so now he lives a pathetic life in a dingy apartment before he meets Randy Quaid as this uh, young up-and-coming uh, bowling prodigy. And they decide to head out on a road trip to try and win uh, the Reno Bowling Championship and win a, a big prize amount uh, to help save um Randy Quaid's character's farm because he lives uh, in an Amish community. Um, it's a it's a a very silly, you raunchy. know that old premise. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a, it's a very silly, raunchy comedy. It's it's very funny. I think it holds up today too. It's um uh, it's one of the Fairly Brothers' better comedies uh, when they were up and coming in the the mid to late nineties. But I just don't know what a sequel will entail. It's a pretty open and shut story. Um, with a, a simple premise that doesn't really lend itself to a sequel. I suppose there's the possibility that they could do a, a legacy thing where Woody Harrelson's character has a son who's becoming a bowler now, or maybe it's another comeback story. Um, I, I really don't know. I mean, you know, in the last movie, um, Ishmael uh, didn't get to be the bowling champ or, or go to try to be the bowling champ. It was Woody Harrelson. Uh, so maybe this one can do that, but I don't think they're going to be able to get Randy Quaid back because he's kind of lost it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. But uh, Bieber, uh, Bieber, Peter, and Bobby Farrelly are only producing. There's no word on who's directing uh, or writing. It's just in active development right now. So who knows what's going to happen here? Yeah, uh, I was just looking at um, Randy Quaid's IMDb page, and he's been in one movie since the year 2009, uh, and that was in 2018. Um, and yeah, he's experienced. Um, quite a, uh, a journey, I guess you can, you can Google that and figure out what, what's going on with, uh, Randy Quaid. If, if even the internet can figure that one out, but, um, Chris, I know that you're a fan of Kingpin. I've never seen this movie, so I can't really weigh in here, but, uh, I, I saw that you guys were sort of, uh, sharing your, uh, mutual love of this movie in, in our Slack earlier. So Chris, what do you think about this? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a very weird announcement because I can't, <laughs> I never thought there would be a sequel to this. So I'm. I'm somewhere like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I really like the original. The original is, is very funny in a very silly sort of way. Uh, so I guess I'll wait and see like, you know, who is actually coming back for this and what the story, like how it, how it all turns out. But for now I'm sort of like, Oh really? They're making a sequel to that. Sure. Why not? Brad, do you think this is one of those movies that gets announced, but is never actually going to get made? It's certainly possible. Um, I mean, then again, you know, it, it took 20 years for Dumb and Dumber 2 to happen. Um, and there was always, I feel like that was always being kicked around as a possibility. And there's a, I think there's a good chance that that will be the case. But um, considering it's an active development, that it does make it sound like that, that's something that they're trying to make happen. Hmm. And uh, it's probably more interesting than anything else Peter and Bobby Farrelly would be doing otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a good point. All right. Uh, that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Film Daily. You can find more about all of these stories that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com and linked inside the show notes of this episode. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all of the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, and concerns to us at peter at slashup.com. 
Uh, make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a lot. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.